Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which we will consider today is our epistle lesson uh, recorded in the letter to the Ephesians, the fifth chapter. There we read verses 1 through 9 as follows in Jesus' name. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks." For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, this time of year... If you get up early enough, you begin your day in total darkness. Gradually, as the sun begins to rise in the east, you are surrounded by more and more light. And then finally, if it's not cloudy, you can go about your day under bright sunlight. Obviously, what I've just noted isn't exactly some new and stunning discovery. That same transition from darkness to light takes place every single day of the year. But notice in our text this morning that that same scenario takes place also in the life of everyone who becomes a Christian. That's the point that St. Paul is making in these verses. He reminds us that as believers in Jesus Christ, we have come out of the darkness and into the light. Paul writes, for you were once darkness. There's something distinctly negative about that phrase, you were once darkness. Little children sometimes feel afraid in the dark and they would like to have a nightlight left on nearby. And if as adults we wake up in the night from a loud noise or from a frightening dream, we might move quickly to turn on a light for a minute. We're naturally uneasy in the darkness. A lot of criminal activity occurs at night. Burglaries and assaults and robberies are often carried out under the cover of darkness. And when we feel perplexed or confused by something, we might say, I'm in the dark about that. So we try to avoid the dark. 
we're more comfortable in the light. But there is a sort of darkness more sinister and more dangerous than any physical or mental darkness. When Paul says, you were once darkness, he is referring to spiritual darkness. In fact, this state of darkness was so pervasive that he doesn't say, you were in the dark. He says, you were darkness. That darkness characterized the former lives of the Christians at Ephesus. Paul reminds them that before they were brought to know and believe in Jesus, their lives had been directed by the dark power of sin. And if they pretended not to know what Paul was talking about, he gave them a list of activities which clearly describe a life that is lived in moral nighttime. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting, let it not even be named among you. For these are among the inclinations and the activities of one who is in darkness. Of such behavior, the apostle reminds us, it is not fitting. These characteristics of moral darkness are not only unacceptable before God, they're dangerous, eternally dangerous. They disqualify one from being in the presence of God who is light. Paul warns, for this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Modern culture, of course, promotes an entirely different point of view on these things. Those who give words of caution to others regarding sex outside of marriage or other sexual sins, who warn about the pervasive filth which is presented now as entertainment. Such people are labeled as unenlightened, Neanderthals, narrow-minded bigots, hypocrites. But Christ's apostle here issues a startling warning. He said, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And so his divinely inspired counsel to us is this, therefore do not be partakers with them. When we read the gospel accounts, of Jesus' ministry here on earth, we see that just about everyone he encountered had some sort of darkness hovering about their lives. The people possessed by demons obviously were trapped in a horrific, hellish darkness controlled entirely by Satan. Both Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and Levi, the disciple we know as Matthew, lived dark lives of greed and loneliness until they met their Savior. The thief who hung dying next to Jesus on the cross on Good Friday could only see a black, anguish-filled eternity lying before him. This is the darkness Paul speaks of in our text. And when he writes, you were once darkness, he's talking about us. 
This is where you and I came from. Darkness was our natural habitat due to our birth as descendants of Adam and Eve who first plunged themselves and our world into the darkness of the serpent's temptation in Eden. In fact, our inherited condition of sin has left us without any spiritual life in us at all. In the same epistle to the Ephesians, Paul wrote, As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. It's necessary for us to be reminded of the darkness and the death which previously marked and covered our lives. If it had not been interrupted by light, we would have been lost in this forever. We would share with the demons in what St. Jude referred to as the blackness of darkness forever. But thankfully, the apostle continues, now you are light in the Lord. Before only darkness prevailed, now our lives as Christians are characterized by a beautiful and life-giving light that shines upon us. How did this wonderful change happen for us? How did this occur that once we were darkness and now we are light? When I hear an unexplained noise out in the backyard late at night, I can turn on a yard light or shine a flashlight in its direction. Then what has been unseen is seen. What was dark is illuminated. So our lives have been illuminated by a light which stands outside of us. Our lives have been made light by Jesus, who is the light of the world. In order to make us light, Jesus cloaked himself and was covered up in the deep darkness of all of our sin and guilt. As he knelt Praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he felt the agonizing loneliness of the sin-blackened soul, drenched in it, repulsive to the Heavenly Father, and separated from him. There, on the night before he died, the innocent one accepted all of our sin, and he was made pitch black by it. When the father looked upon his son, he saw only the deep darkness of the world's iniquity. The next day, Jesus walked to the cross, and as the son was covered up at midday, he then suffered and died for us in the descending darkness of Good Friday. What's the result of this? Because Jesus who said, I am the light of the world, accepted and assumed the black night of our sin and guilt and experienced the darkness of death and the grave. You and I are forgiven of all of our sins before God. For Jesus' sake, God declares that we are not guilty, that we are no longer living under the sentence of condemnation. When we hear this good news, the light comes on and it shines on our souls. By the Holy Spirit's power, we can believe it. All of our dark sins have been washed away, erased in the blood of Jesus. Our dark future in hell is now canceled. And we can look forward to eternal life in the brightness of God's own city, 
lit by the lamp of the Lamb who died for us, the lamp of love which will never ever be extinguished. Now, bathed in this light, Paul urges us to live in the light. God is the father of light, and as his children, we want to copy him and show others those characteristics which explain and give evidence that we are related to him. Paul writes, be imitators of God as dear children, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth, these are the fruits which grow in the light. But don't we often find that those fruits are lacking in our lives? We honestly ask ourselves, can, can I really be a child of light? Have I really come out of the darkness and into the light? We feel a tension within ourselves. On the one hand, the new spiritual man who was created in baptism wants those fruits to predominate in his life. He wants to be morally upright. He wants the quality of goodness to prevail. He wants to live as God declares us to be in Christ, that is, righteous, blameless. But the old sinful nature which holds on to us is still in love with the dark and is quite, quite content to stay in it. When we face this conflict within us between light and darkness, the new man and the old nature, we despair that we are actually still in the dark. Then we should return to the source of light, that is to God's word, and to the promises he gave us in holy baptism and those promises he gives us in holy communion. When we, like St. Paul, call out in frustration, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Find your comfort and strength that he found in answering, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus Christ, our standing in the light is something settled and secure. The child of darkness would not trouble himself with such a self-examination, wouldn't bother with such questions. Goodness, righteousness, and truth would not be coveted qualities for one who's living in the dark. But the Christian, the child of light, is aware of the gift he's been given, and he earnestly wants to copy his heavenly Father with these very qualities. Every time we note the change from darkness to light at the start of a new day, remember the change from darkness into light, which we have experienced through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. May he preserve us always in that light. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore. Amen.